Welcome to Reproducibility. Uh, this will be our last recording all from Oxford. As always, I am Sam. I'm joined by Sophia. Hi. And Amy. Hello. So this is a kind of bittersweet day with Sophia leaving us for bigger, brighter and better things. <laughs> I'm just going back to Amsterdam. But the yes. land of rainbows. The land of rainbows <laughs> where everything is open and happy and It is reproducible. very nice and I'm very excited to go back, yeah. Awesome. Um, okay, so this week uh, our focus is on open science, what, why and how. Um, so this was a paper from... The preprint. The, it's, yeah, preprint. I think it's a preprint of a chapter. Is that right? I think that's what we thought, because it's quite long. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite long to the point where most people that came to the Journal Club hadn't actually read it. Um, I mean, not that, that, I mean, I assume that was the case for some other weeks as well. Just this, with, with that week, people were actually admitting that they hadn't read it. <laughs> I mean, with any journal club, I think there's a linear relationship between how many people have actually read it and how long it is. And this was a good 70-pager, so it makes sense. I felt bad printing it out on paper, because it's long. <laughs> you just see the trees being cut down. Yeah. yeah. My mother would be so sad. <laughs> so one of the nice things about it being, um, weirdly, about nobody reading it, is that it also kind of created this quite nice open forum for talking about open science more broadly. So sometimes we kind of get really into the nitty gritty of a specific paper or a specific argument, whereas this kind of gave a chance to talk about a lot of different things, uh, whether it's open access, open code, open materials and all those things, but we'll get to all of those. Except that poor Matt who actually decided to lead the journal club um... He prepared so many slides that we only got through two because we went on a segue. Yeah, um, but yeah, fine. Sorry, Matt. Shout out to so Matt. Shout out to Matt. Thank you. One of our most loyal journal clubbers. Yeah. Uh, Matt's awesome. Okay, um, so outside of how the discussion went itself, um, one of the really interesting things about this paper is the broad sense in which open science is kind of discussed. Um, so Sophia and I have been talking about this a little bit recently in the sense that when you talk about open science, quite often you actually mean open science, reproducibility, replication studies, the kind of replication crisis in general, and it's kind of amalgamated into open science. Um, and that in itself, I think, can be kind of has its own pros and cons. It's kind of nice to have this overarching term. Um, but also it can be misleading sometimes. So we've had talks relating around the, the university's kind of strategic planning and quite often open science comes into the kind of public engagement sphere because a lot of people are only thinking about open access articles. So that way we might kind of shoot ourselves in the foot by calling everything open science under this umbrella. I mean, yeah, it is, I, I, yeah. I can see how it's problematic, but is it just make, it makes a lot of sense that this has happened? I think because so open science in itself is kind of a misnomer, right? Because like have, science should be open. So or like not a misnomer, mm -hmm. but sort of it's like named twice, I guess. <laughs> um, so yeah, so really, really, the open should already be in science. It's like um, tasty chocolate. 
Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like inherently. Um. <laughs> Sorry, so I'm, I'm quite that, hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say white snow, but then of course, like snow is very often not white. So whereas yeah, like, like, like down that one. Whereas like science, science really should be open in all instances. And then of course, um, when it comes to other sort of solutions to the replication crisis, um, those are often also things that. Um, should that that, that are um, that would, that should be fundamental to the way you do science, sort of being rigorous in um, in how you set everything up, like that, that kind of thing, um, should already be fundamental. So then it right, so like it, the the jump towards then just going well, apparently open science is just a descriptor for things that um, like, like yeah mm -hmm. that should already just be in science. Then it makes sense that this has happened. Um, so when we're thinking of a name of like an open science center, it, no, it won't be the center for open science. It'd be the center for science. That's actually science. <laughs> Just science, 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 science. <laughs> Actual science. Yeah, I mean, we, can't, we can't really call it science because that is a thing already. <laughs> <laughs> we just need a whole new name. Because I think at the moment we're trying to think of a name for like a proposal and it'd be like the Center for Open, Robust and Replicable Science <laughs> and then that's a mouthful. But yeah, open science in the university setting often just means librarians thinking about open access fees. And so, yeah, I, I can see the problem is that for us it's the whole package, but to the general, more general scientific population it could be quite specific well and it's also like, i mean probably something that feeds into this misunderstanding is or like, that is supported maybe by this misunderstanding is that um some people when they talk about open science like to concentrate on the um, open access and um, open data parts because they tend to be sort of the easiest things to adapt right like you don't re um, i mean not that it's necessarily easy to get to um, make, make your data open, but um, it doesn't probably change your workflow in the same way as some other things would. Yeah. Um, so I think some people are then might, might, might then consider themselves um, as sort of doing the, the right thing entirely just by having done one step. That's quite um, interesting, actually, the idea that it's almost like virtue, virtue signaling, right? It's like we did one little thing right, so therefore everything's perfect well like i got i got an aps email the other day um and they like just uh, all the new articles coming out in psychological science journal and kind of all of them had the open data badge but none of them had any others and i guess that kind of plays into what sophia was saying is that open well i guess open materials is quite is easy as well but it seemed like open data was like the one thing where but then open data is also so broad because I was talking to Dorothy Bishop about this the other day is that is open data just already if you provide a scatter plot of the data in question you know or like we would probably won't agree but it is open yeah or, uh, or even um, I mean so I, I was looking um, for some data in so separate open um, so several repositories um, for some Pacific, and um, I found quite a few things that sort of look like they would be great because I wanted to try some try some analysis, um, and um, these are just for training. And I looked at some some of these data sets um, that sounded pr pr um, promising, but they were completely 
unclean. Like, mm -hmm. just, it was just it's a, a huge mess and um, nothing really to accompany it either. So they just, I mean, it was it was open, but in the inaccessible. In the, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they're yeah, open maybe in like the, the broadest sense of the term. It isn't like they they had put something out there and probably with quite a lot of explanation that could have been useful, but it wasn't. Right, so yeah, even just a readme file to say what each yeah, variable no, is, nothing. like it's quite a lot actually. Yeah, that I found it was not good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I work a lot with open data and and professionally done open data, where you know governments actually give money to researchers probably and tell them, you know, you need to make this open or. They actually even employ companies to run the studies for them and make them open. And there's, it's still taking my research assistant, you know, one and a half months to read in seven data sets or like to just understand them. And I think he like needs therapy at the end of this because he's just <laughs> like, you know, they're supposed to be open, but they're so unintelligible that they're, they're, they're not or they want you to... The, the, a new wave comes out every half year and they create a whole new readme file that has you know 50 pages and he's like nobody's going to read 400 different files of documentation or um, merge 400 separate files where you've named the variables differently every time like at one point oh, yeah. sleep is LS, SLP and then sometimes it's SLEP and yeah it's, it's hugely difficult um, and I think, I don't know, sometimes you hope that it's not maliciously intentioned and that they just don't know how to do it. But then sometimes you feel like, do you actually want to make this inaccessible? <laughs> you know, are you told that it needs to be open data and then you're like, well, I'll just put something up there in a very inaccessible form. Yeah. Well, that's, I guess there's a difference in open and usable data. We almost need like a open data 2.0 badge that actually just defines if it's usable data. Well, I mean, I guess that's the, that's the thing with, with all of the badges, right? They're, they're not necessarily markers of quality um, mm. of any of these, right? So they're sort of, yeah, they're just markers of like, sort of people have done the very basic thing for this, um, right? Same with pre-registration, like, you know, they have submitted a pre-registration <laughs> somewhere, um, not saying anything about the actual quality of it, right? So I think, I guess the same is, is true of, um, of the open data badge. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because this paper actually does talk about kind of guiding principles of what open open data should be. And they say that it should, it's like the FAIR guiding principles describing data management and archiving best practices that are summed up by findable, having a unique DOI, accessible, be open sources, so I guess using open source software, in this is the one I have, I'm interoperable, using a common language, and reusable, be well described. And I thought that was, I hadn't heard that kind of acronym before, but it was quite interesting. Um, yeah, that, that, and I think that's quite, that covers a lot of problems, you know, it needs to, one, be findable, which I'm having loads of problems with, you know, I need to employ somebody to scour through loads of websites to find things. It needs to be accessible. Sometimes you need to pay fees or have certain, you know, like I've had something which was in, 
in MATLAB and I was like, I don't have, I can't buy loads of people with a license at the moment, like, because he's not at Oxford. Uh, yeah. And then interoperable and reusable as well. And that's actually quite a nice crossover with open code as well. So mm. even looking through some of the documentation for our packages, for example, I mean, mine's a good example of this, where it's just not documented very well at all. And if you tried to recreate it from scratch, taking segments off it, you'd have no idea what you're doing. And even I don't, six months later, because I'm I, a bad example of this. I was, I just personally, I got a revise and resubmit three weeks ago, and I was so happy that I had, like, had well-documented code. I was like dreading having to rerun all of these analyses and I could just go in and delete. So I needed to delete one of the control variables because I mistakenly put them in. And it was just so easy. And I was like, just having this little like crazy moment where I was like, ah, this is so nice. <laughs> like I, and it, I just, I even just downloaded it from the OSF because I couldn't be bothered to find <laughs> it on my laptop. <laughs> Well, that's a great. What like, a dreamy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's really nice, and it's. I think that's like the sort of quote unquote selfish reason for well documenting code and uploading data and all this kind of stuff is so that you can use it yourself later. Well, they, people always say like the most likely person who's going to reuse your code is yourself in two weeks' time who forgot the whole reason why you coded something, which I always do. Like I think oh, yeah. I'll remember it, but. Yeah, or uh, the, the other nice, uh, the other version um, of that is what your most important collaborator is yourself mm. five months ago and um, they don't respond to emails. Yeah. <laughs> when it's not uncommon to have to go back to code from years ago, right? So say you do a PhD, I'm having to do corrections at the minute on my first study that I did as part of the PhD. And like, it's not hard stuff. It's adding a few extra controls or something like that. But it's the R code from when I started to learn R, and it is a dumpster fire. Yeah, but wait till you'd, what if you'd done it in tip and click software like SPSS? Yeah. Well, that's also, I mean, I think, so we said earlier about how a lot of the papers in, was it psychological science, had open data. And I think that's probably the reason why a lot of them don't have open materials, because open materials is usually code, right? If you use SPSS, you could share the syntax, but no one really uses the syntax, so... You, you would have to redo your whole analysis and click every button the same, which most people probably don't, and then get confused, and then you lose I did, like, some everything. crazy shit in my first study where I did, like, Z-scores, and then I took, like, the mean of different variables, and then I flipped it, and then I log-transformed it, and then, like, I don't think I'll ever get the same variable ever again, and I did it in SPSS, so that's not going to even go in my thesis because... <laughs> Like, holy, holy guacamole, there's, um, yeah, dumpster, dumpster pile. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so one thing that we've probably should have started with is why is open science just science done right? So I think we kind of take it as a given because we're in, in this whole thing, um, but for the uninitiated or the, the new to this, I guess, why? Why should it be a standard, do we think? Sophie and I are looking at each other. Who's so shall I take, I, I can take code as the easiest example, maybe. So open code. So yeah. open code, we, we teach children 
that when you do maths, you write down every stage of your calculation until you get your answer, right? When you're older, you learn, I don't know, trigonometry or calculus. And again, you have every step. If you miss a step, you lose all your marks because you can't recreate the answer, right? And then as soon as we start reporting science papers, we use point-and-click software, and then that whole idea of showing your working just just collapses, right? Whereas if you can't show your working, nobody knows how you got to your answer. And this, for me, is a big problem with the fact that stats is infinitely more complex than the basic maths that we do as children when we're taught this basic principle. So that's for me why <laughs> open code is really important. That's a really nice metaphor. Or like, yeah, I haven't thought of that. Show you working. Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think an additional point is that, that I always remember is that we are, maybe this isn't the main thing, but we are paid for by taxpayers' money. And so you'd kind of hope that we would work cumulatively to have the best possible outcome. And in that way, we should be able to stand on each other's shoulders. And I have previously used open code, where I think a project that would have cost me six months got collapsed into two months because I could just use somebody else's code. And I think, isn't that the best way to use money plus it'll it's available for people in the future people can check people can use part of your analyses all of your analyses and so in the end i think it all accelerates scientific discovery and i think this is something where when i talk to people in policy or in charity sector that's something that actually gets them really excited about open science because it means that they get the most bang for their buck i guess well we if we want to, well, I guess, yeah, so a lot of this is about um, things that are fundamental good science, but also about um, avoiding biases. Um, and if, if we want to be in actual science, <laughs> um, then we kind of have to be open about, our, about the parts that are sort of more subjective, or at least about every single Sort of decision that we made every step that we took um you know that so that's the code things as well of course um because otherwise um you know if you're just, just, just pretending to be um these weird objective people i don't know this, this is my problem with um saying that anyone's objective in the first place um then we're just hiding lots of things that make make it impossible for anyone else to understand what we're doing later on um so yeah, I think yeah. Sorry, it, it probably just boils down to um, to saying why is open science the right way to do it? Well, because because open science is a misnomer, and what we're talking about is good science. <laughs> like it's just like actual science, and then the question kind of collapses <laughs> because that's like asking you know like why why is tomato well, the best tomato? But, but I think I think like. Open science in the way of sharing data and code has only really become possible in the way that we now think of it in the last few years, like in the way that we want everything to be reproducible and clear and open in the methods. Yes, I, I understand 
But I think things like being able to upload our data to databases and share it freely and for it to be integrated into journal articles and for people to collaboratively work together and post preprints, um, I think our scientific landscape would be very different if it would emerge now because we have so a wholly different landscape because it's electronic and instant than rather than print. Yeah, I mean, so like that, that enables certain things to be quicker Better. and yeah, well, and, and, I mean, like lots of things also just be possible mm -hmm. in the first place, right? I mean, like lots of these um, newer large-scale collaborations just probably wouldn't be possible without the internet. Um, but I mean, in in the principle, like from the principle, yes, it, it probably like also should have applied. Um, yeah, you that, can. You can. That. You could see though that things like, I guess you would argue that it was always possible to write a letter and ask somebody to send over their data and then they would send you over, you know, kind of a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess like you could, you know, you could see, and that, that doesn't work at the moment, but it still exists that people should share their data if requested anyways, in any circumstance. Um, well, but I guess I mean, like in, in like in a scientific universe, you could have had um, data published like articles as well, mm. right? So I mean, it would have been much a lot more complicated to print. To, to, to print, but yeah, yeah. Well, and that should even be the case now, right? If data was actually valued, then it would have the same status as a paper. But data it doesn't. Data or code or data or anything, code or right? yeah, all of these things. It's... Well, it should do. The the data is more valuable than the paper. In a lot of cases, the paper is just the advertising for the work that you've done, whereas the actual work that you've done is the the study protocol, the code, the mm -hmm. data that you've collected. Yeah, I I feel like we should have a better system for that because so I mostly only analyze other people's data, and I like I don't think I'm pilfering on their work, but it's often seen like that and. And in a way, I would, I'd love a system where I could properly cite the data, properly cite, you know, the code that I used. Um, and in that way, just wholly, you know, say this is not, you know, this is not my, and I can already do that. But I think if there would be a better way, I'd feel better about myself as well. Because in the end, um, I also think there's an ethical reason to use open data instead of collecting your own, if that data already exists. Um, but yeah, we just need a better way of making sure that everybody gets the credit they deserve for the work um, and not just the one journal article that then gets published out of it. Yeah. Because that, then it also incentivizes people to, to do those mm. kind of important things, right? Yeah. yeah, when it disincentivizes the idea that I or my lab collected this data and therefore I own it and it's mine and I'm not sharing it because we did so much work to get it which is a genuine thing that some people think. There was a huge debate yeah. about this on Twitter the other day. Exactly, it wasn't that the, there wasn't that the like, so the last month or something where this, there was this, this huge controversial thread of someone saying like, oh yeah, no, like I mean, actually, I think it started out as a discussion about whether or not you should, I think they started out saying like that everyone should be using Python and then someone else. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. No, no, seriously, no, seriously. They started off by saying everyone should be using Python. And then um, someone else said, um, like, clearly that was some issue because someone, someone else then said, well, um, 
what if, but you, if you're not sharing your data, then blah, blah, blah. So like there's a, a, clearly some history before that. And then it turned into mm. a huge wow. thread about um, like sort of, yeah, why, why people don't want to share their data. Yeah. Which the really nice response to, I think, from someone was along the lines of not only does the taxpayer pay for this, but technically, as soon as you collect it, it becomes the university's intellectual property and not yours. So, like, get fucked, you don't own it anymore. And I, I think we need, we need more of that. Just don't think these things. Go away. Share things. Yeah, it's just it's just so um, ingrained, isn't it? Like, yeah. and then, but it's just so selfish in a, in a way. Mm. I don't know, but we can say yes because it's not. Well, not not maybe so maybe it's not selfish because people are incentivized in a way to think like that, right? Um, because if, you know if they think that there's something that they can still do with the data, which already sounds a bit dodgy, um, if like two years later, then. Um, they, they have some kind of right to keep it from the public, whereas um, if they, they shared it, some other people you know might do something yeah. with this that actually helps people. So would you say that it's selfish even to withhold the data while you're writing the first paper about it? I given think... the... No, no, you go, you go. Well, I guess like, given, given the current system, probably not, but I mean, would... I mean, like in the ideal world, in the ideal world, yeah, yeah. Because um, right in the ideal world, you also pre-register or you're doing a register report or something. So it's not like people can take this away from you or something. Mm -hmm. And and even if they did, they didn't um, have that, they didn't pre-specify their hypothesis. So I don't know. It's like mm -hmm. um, in the ideal world, yeah, it would also be yeah, be selfish to not share the data immediately. I think if. If that argument of, but but we want to reanalyze this so that, or we have a plan to analyze this over the next couple of years and that's why we're not sharing it, would be fine. If it was actually analyzed and not just like left in a drawer to rot. On that note, we're going to take <laughs> a wow, quick break. <laughs> Back soon. <laughs> You are listening to Reproducibility, serving you discussions of important issues in science and psychology one mug of tea at a time. Do you like the taste of our podcast? Give us a follow on Twitter at Reproducibility, rate us on iTunes, and tell other early career researchers about us. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can reach us on Twitter or via our email address, which is reproducibility at gmail.com. Over the next weeks, we will also release some special tea flavors which are small podcast episodes talking to a wide range of psychological researchers, especially awesome ECRs that we want you to meet. If you have someone you think should come on the show, send us a message. Welcome back to Reproducibility. Um, before we get back into it, a quick thank you to all of our listeners and all the people that have been uh, both sharing. And we've had quite a few consistent people that have commented on most episodes. So thank you for that. We love that. Um, Should we use some shout outs? <laughs> I, I, I haven't written down names for oh, shout outs. Yeah. I was really tempted to, but didn't get around to it. Apologies. Next I time. I remember like, someone called Rainy something. <laughs> That's even worse. We're going to cut that. We're going to cut that. Well, so let's we start again. No, 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 to all of the unknown people out there. No, there's someone who always listens in the gym, and I like that.
Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's the, the first person to notice that I'm really quiet. <laughs> other, other than us. <laughs> okay. There's a really good song in German, which is about the gym. I'll sing it for a special episode. You heard it here. Special karaoke episode. Yeah. Special karaoke episode. Oh, that would be I'll funny. I'll sing it for you, Remy. <laughs> <laughs> no, his name is actually Peter, so I don't... <laughs> That's your problem. <laughs> okay. Um, so... Now that was flagged on the listeners. Now that yeah. Seriously, we love you guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so we, we've talked a lot about how open science is this, or can be viewed as this kind of wide collection of different, different incentives and solutions to address this huge range of problems. So since this, um, this episode is about the open science, what, why, and how paper slash unknown chapter that I'll get right in the show notes, I thought we'd play with table two. So there are five stages of the research process that they talk about. They have the sources of error and bias that come up in that stage and um, open science solutions to those problems. So I thought... Are we making a competition? Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Oh. No. We we could make it fair and one of you could take the source of the bias and one of you could take the solutions. We can have like a, a... Devil and an angel, or something. Oh, you know, we do it in a collaborative way. No, 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 no collaboration. <laughs> oh God, okay. An adversarial there's collaboration. There's only, there's, yeah, there's only one permanent academic position, and you'll have to fight for it. <laughs> oh my God. It's yeah. For context, it's Friday late afternoon, early evening, and I don't know where Amy's getting her energy from. <laughs> <laughs> We never did do a drinking episode. That would have made quiz time funny. Could have had a reproducibility quiz. So for each thing oh. you get wrong, you have to take a shot. Yeah, let's do that. So I think I think we should, we should do that as as the crossover as a crossover episode with uh, two psychologists for beers. Oh my god, we need to have like a proper competition. Five psychologists, we need, 50 we need, shots. We need, to, we need to get James Heathers to have a competition and the team that loses has to drink. Um, yes! With Jay, yeah, I like this idea. Okay, anyway, like shall we Honest. go on to our Okay, uh, so what are we doing? Are you just going to shout out answers to the session? Yeah, whoever just... gets it first. Hands on the buzzers. But we cannot, we cannot look at the... Uh, yeah, I don't have well, to yeah, yeah, Obviously, don't look at the paper. No, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> just setting up the rules. Okay, so I'm going to say the stage of the research process, and whoever comes up with the most sources of error and bias wins the point. Okay, research planning. Uh, what? <laughs> the stage of the process is research Being planning. Being overly confident that you'll get a result? No, that's like, not an Just, just like not, isn't not... Well, not pre-specifying yeah. anything. No. Oh, I feel like that should be one, but that might come up another. That's a solution, surely, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a terrible thing telling us what your hypothesis is. Uh, so, oh, my biases come from an appropriation. Low power. Yep, underpowered designs. Tick. One for Amy. I wasn't actually going to write anything down, but. <laughs> this is the competitiveness coming out. Bad measurement? Oh, bad that measurement should be, should be in there. There is, so the next section is data collection and method and methods reporting. So that. 
Okay. Might might be a crossover. Um, is it, so planning, we're, planning. So we're sort of um, yeah. setting up. So so what? I guess I'll give you a clue. Why might this study be underpowered? Because the previous studies were and were p hacked. No. Or they small at least these are small sample sizes. Bad or, samples. Yeah. Well, why might people choose to have lots of? Uh, oh, like lack of resources. Or um, just decided or... to have loads of small studies instead of one big one. Hey, quantity over quality. Ding ding. <laughs> okay, what are the solutions? Pre-registration. Yes, but that will come up later. Power analyses. What? Sorry. Power analyses. Ah, oh, power analysis. Uh, I'm going to count that under technological um, solutions. Okay. Collaborative work with many labs. Mm-hmm. I'm that... going to put that under changing norms and reward structures. That <laughs> broadly fits. Okay, let, let's, let's go on. Oh, these, these are very sort of vague they get problems le- and vague solutions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it really is a great paper. I'm just so, butchering it with this, with this little quiz. No, no, it's fine. Let's or, go or, on. I mean, maybe we can sort of... Uh, I'm winning, so let's just go on. Fine, <laughs> <laughs> <Bye>, Amy. <laughs> It's no, not your okay. last so, okay. day. Okay, we can. No, no, no. Okay, okay, yeah. No, so, no, no. Uh, uh, Sophia's winning. No, yeah. <laughs> what? No, that is just that's just wrong reporting. Okay, how about? I, I will not stand for that. Uh, uh, Amy I'll, is very I'll, much like, winning. The, she is the, the queen. <laughs> so, so the the next ones are data collection <laughs> and methods reporting. So Amy's just putting up her hands and like a crown. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so the next ones, so the first one's going to be data collection and methods reporting. The one after is data analysis and results reporting. Then then we have publication process, and then we have storing and archiving. I'm telling you all four so that you know that there's differences between. Okay, data collection and methods Optional reporting. Stopping. Yes. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, samples. Like, with samples, yeah. No. Oh, that's not in there, but I feel like it should be in there. Um, I'll give myself a So, data generation method reporting. Um, yeah. uh, so, um, not reporting um, all yeah. your methods. Yeah. yeah. I think you, you kind of get... We got, we got uh, you, 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 you can both go there together. Okay, that's the two that's in there. What, what are the open science solutions? Open, well, open materials. Yeah, pre-registration, always. <laughs> um... Wait, what was the first problem that you said? Optional stopping. Oh, that's pre-registration. Open data materials? No. Open materials is in there. Uh, What does that mean that actually pre-registration isn't entirely this? So it has to be a good (laughs) pre-registration. (laughs) That's <laughs> big actually. Okay, can you? Can you okay, so we also have the twenty-one word solution. Oof. Um, oh. So this is publicly declaring with your paper that you have you report all of your analyses, your data exclusions, and so on. Yeah, that that, that wonderful Which, sentence to make any sort of grey area disappear because by stating yeah. that you any like any commercial research practice is actually fraud. I like it. I've printed it out and put it next to my screen so that I can have like a... <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to say they put it next to your bed. That's like the look on your face. I just like was. stroke it before I sleep. Just like, <laughs> like with like a picture of I James Heaven. Well. <laughs> Not that that has anything That's to do with the sentence, just because he, because Sam what? wants to be him so much. Where did... What? 
oh, this is, this is going to be heard by people and I'm going to look like a creep and this is bad. What sources of error Please and bias? <laughs> Please note how Sam did not dispute that that went on that I feel like it doesn't even warrant disputing. Because there is <laughs> a printout of a quote from Jay on his computer as well. You've been watching my screensaver, that's yes. not great. I Do I? No, I don't. Though, you made me actually think that I did then. That's even worse. <laughs> um, all right, let's stop talking about other podcasts. Okay. Um, Not okay. other podcasts. Well, yeah. Okay. okay, we're fine. We're fine. So, yes, um, yes. what sources of error and bias can we find in the data analysis and reporting stage? Key hacking. Yes. Hacking. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, there's one more that kind of crosses over both of these, in fairness. Um, analytical flexibility. Yes. Okay, and what are the open science solutions? Pre-registration. Yep. It's always pre-registration. That's always going to help things. Open data. Yep. And code. So, yeah. So, basically, so the, the problems are always reasonable degrees of freedom. And the, the answer to the solutions are pre-registration <laughs> and combinations of other open things. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I think that's a point for summing things up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a review paper. Um, Uh, There's a couple of other ones. What could we improve, for example? Wait, a couple of... Documentation. Definitely documentation. What could we improve? Uh, I don't know how to say this one without giving it away. Um, Wait, so we're talking about... Methods. No, just mental methods. Analysis Analysis and results reporting. Um, Um, Using using our code instead of tip and click software. Uh, Or you could use jazz. Um, (laughs) (laughs) An advertisement. Good advertisement. But Amy is wearing her t-shirt. Register reports. Oh, register reports aren't in there, but I guess that's kind of pre-registration plus one. Half a point. Okay, half a point. Okay, improving (laughs) statistical training and retraining. Ah, okay. Okay. That should also just be for... Yeah, all of them, kind of. Yeah, it is kind of all of them. This is fun, though. I like it. Um, Okay, sources of error and bias in the publication process. Register reports. That's a solution. What are the problems? Um, File draw. File draw? Publication bias. Yep, no, I'm going to count that. Okay. It's publication bias count? Yes. Faldra as well? Yeah, I gave you a point. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Getting competitive, I like that. Uh, <laughs> what sort of papers are preferred? competitive, though. <laughs> You've now made me feel bad that Sophia's leaving and I really want to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're all winners and Amy is winning. We're all winners in open science. I'm winning more. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Let's go ahead. What sort of papers are preferred over other sorts of papers? Oh, well, positive. Novelty, novelty oh, yes. shouldn't be yep. preferred. Or sexy greater than solid, they've got here. Ooh. Which, is, which sounds really creepy, doesn't it? Um, that sounds okay. really creepy. Um, yeah, preference on significance. Oh. Uh, how can we... So, so solve this other than pre-registration register reports yeah register reports um, we've actually talked about a few of these changing already. the publication structure like changing just in a very general sense changing the publication environment to be more favourable to 
less novel results. Tolerance of messy slash imperfect findings, yeah. I'm going to count it. Um, yep, we've also got alternatives to traditional manuscripts, so we've talked about um, publishing data sets, for example. Um, open peer review they've got in here, which I quite like, because um, it kind of opens up that process. I've, I've had very positive experiences about that in the last week. Because, yeah, well, positive cool. in the way that I'm actively communicating with my reviewer. Negative in that I'm actively communicating with my reviewer and he keeps on telling me other ways to do my data analysis. <laughs> but, like, it's but very nice positive. in the end, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've only heard good things about open peer review, to be fair. Mm. I don't know, there might be really horrible instances, but at least yeah. if it's open, then it's... Maybe well, people, if people right. do have a negative... Um, experience, maybe they can tell us over Twitter. That would be, oh, be awesome, yeah. Right, but, like, but not just theoretical ones, right? Because, like, theoretic, theoretically, of course, there are lots of problems, right? Because then, you know, like, for example, like, can a grad student really impress, uh, sorry, express, <laughs> what? express her um, impressions properly um, without, sorry, her criticisms properly without um, fearing mm -hmm. um, retaliation that uh, she might not be able to take in the same way as. Um, someone more senior would be able to yeah. mm -hmm. those kind of things. Yeah. Well, tell us your experiences. Everybody tell us your experiences. For all of these. Yeah. Like if you've if you've got like a If you if you would have done better on the quiz than us, also tell us. We can tell us <laughs> tell you our final score. Oh the final score. The okay, we, okay in that case let's <laughs> let's get the final scores out. So what are the sources of error and bias at the stage of Storing and archiving. No documentation. Or bad documentation. No. Uh, Not archiving in proper places. Openly places. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that should count, but it's not uh, in there. I mean, if you're desperate to win, you can no, have a half point. Is this the storing and archiving generally? Is it of data or of the papers? What are we talking the about? The answers suggest papers. Oh, papers. Oh. Maybe maybe uh, maybe now we have the file drawer. Not open access. Oh yeah, the file things. the file drawer problem is there. I think that also comes under publication process. I think it's open access. Quite an overlap. That's a solution. Oh yeah. Not <laughs> open access. I'm getting half a point for that as well. <laughs> I'm gonna start docking points every time. Yes. <laughs> oh oh, Amy's not coming. <laughs> so so actually, so the one that's left is information loss creates bias in meta analyses, which is basically mm. the file drawer problem. Yeah. Um. Right. Okay, uh, so how can we solve this with open science? Change the publication system. Burn it! <laughs> just, yeah, yes, that's the thing. Like, that's what, 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 I keep, I burn it! Exactly, I keep wanting to go like, well, yeah. Just burn it, things. do it, do it better. I, had, I put up a post, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, because there's, so we're talking about open science today and there's been an awful lot about Elsevier, or Elsevier, in terms of, how things are open. Yeah. I, I was I was not going to mention anyone specific, but <laughs> but, but but based on that, it, it kind of re reinforces so, re, well, it reinforces everything. But it made me kind of have this question. That I think a lot of us have asked at some point: of Do we really need journals as they are, or publishers as they are? Yeah, I really don't understand why we why, why we sort of we're not only giving these um, publishers um, the chance to adapt to. Uh, Changed norms. We're giving them a lot of time. We're giving them a lot of help. 
Like, why? That would just make it way harder um, later on to get rid of them, which is I, I ultimately what's, what's going to happen, because, mm. I mean, it all seems to be quite broken, right? And it's really interesting, because a lot of the discussions go something like, we give them everything, apart from some, some work they do that is valuable, that adds value, that could be done by us still, and therefore can we do something different that's more affordable, that's fairer, that doesn't have a lot of sort of essentially just wasting taxpayer money as far as I'm concerned. But the answer always ends up at this place of, but we already have them and we kind of need them and that's it. So like this, this has ended up as a really depressing conversation for me because I was trying, I, I, like, why can't we change it, right? We're the ones that do 90% of the work. Well, we can't change it because they're getting a lot of money and a lot of interest in keeping it away. Right, so what's like, it's like a 40% profit margin or something? Oh yeah, but, but I think my, my point's more if, if the researchers are the people that oh, yeah, send the articles that, yeah, yeah, why can't we? So for example, like Metapsychology, yeah. the journal, to, to me, reading the description of that journal is the way that every other journal should be, which at first is like a really nice, like, yay, this is how it should be. And then you go, oh, shit, this is how it should be. Because everything's open, right? Everything's, it's a free, open access journal. It, well, and it's just like, it's, it sounds like <laughs> blue sky's thinking, but th- this well, was kind of my point as well, is this is possible. So to be fair, like, they, they are hosted through university, right? So, um, yeah, yeah. Like that, that, that's, that's what it's possible for them to be free. Yeah. Um, but then and the, the universities could all spend all their yeah. publication, all their subscription fees on... And it would be a fraction of the cost, right? Mm. The problem is, or the, the problem that always is sort of mirrored back is that basically we already have this system and therefore we're stuck with it. Well, it's and like that, procrastination and just collective ignorance and collective paralysis... Like, it's a big system, it's a big ship to steer. And again, like, the incentives, right, music is, is in, like, the, the metrics, publication metrics are based on um, these, yeah. the, like, this, this, the system, right? So um, if you just start a new journal, it's, um, if people are going to look at it differently, then, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I guess Should people want, want, want to get papers into collective certain, change. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's silly, but... I guess it is. I don't understand it. I don't know. I think I think we should put it down. Okay, so actually I think you kind of get a point there for talking about changing the reward structures because that is one of them. <laughs> uh, there's two other there's two other solutions to the the Fardral problem and the information loss creates bias in meta analyses. Is there a tiebreaker? I don't know how close the scores are. Almost. I'm at thirteen I'm at 13 and Sophia's at 10. Oh, what? Did you, did you count all the hard ones? Yes, I did. <laughs> I had a winning streak halfway through. We should have put like a camera or something so we can actually check you're working. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just, very open. Yeah, it's not open at all. We're doing a terrible job as a. Okay, so file books other other solutions. Um, So I guess the first oh maybe with the, like, like oh, so the publishing uh, publishing replication isn't like inviting and publishing replications because I guess like a lot, lot of those are um, things that end up in the file drawer. Um, right, because, like, so yes, I think I I agree with that. It does appear in another one, but I think there's the crossover. Our there. Point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
starting to get see Sophia and Amy giving each other eyes now um, loving one open like <laughs> just openness so that people can see if you've done stuff so there's open materials data and workflow in there <laughs> we hadn't had guess, that yet <laughs> um, so I guess the the important one that's left that without trying to sound cruel I don't think anyone's going to come up with um, is innovations in curation and indexing which I think is also oh. part of the a big part of the issue mm. right so for example in replication studies it's really hard to actually or in studies that have been or replicated it's really hard to find out if they have been right so there was a, a project started Access. at SIPS yeah. um, that wanted to address this so on just Google Scholar for example and I think I think ideally other platforms as well would be kind of nice but even just starting there so that you have like a little icon to be able to follow to like the replication studies the number of times followed up and commentaries and that would be a really nice nice way forward um cool cool so the scores on the door 14 to 10 and a half (laughs) (laughs) That was a really unenthusiastic, <laughs> I just beat you, by the way. <laughs> well, like, I don't want to seem like too much of a bitch on air. What? But you're not at all. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I'll just buy you a bit. Just, just for I'll the record, buy you Amy is the kindest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's Friday she, afternoon. She did not hold a gun to my head when I said yeah. this. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Uh, thanks, Sophia. <laughs> that sounds so weird. That sounds like you're saying the opposite now. Really? Yeah. Like, thanks, Sophia. We'll miss you. Goodbye. <laughs> I was actually thinking that earlier when I said, sort of, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to Amsterdam. I then didn't say that I am, of course, going to miss you guys. I am. Well, but I'll get to see you on the Skype. Yes. We will be continuing podcast. with this. Our schedule might change slightly, but we will continue. Um, so on that note, make a quick note that we have a special guest next week. Um, let everybody know about that was a, an awesome discussion that I think we all quite enjoyed. Uh, Wait, did you mention the guest name? I have not yet. Would you like oh, to? Sorry. I was just going to do it. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We're just pointing at We're each other. We're just pointing at each other. Say it. Who's going to say it? Okay, I'll go again. Oh me! Oh shit! Uh, Julia Rohrer. Yay! Yay. Um, <laughs> Julia's awesome. We really enjoyed that talk. Um, if anyone has any suggestions for future guests, we'd really like to hear those as well. Um, we have a strong preference for early career researchers. Um, and but we have kind of redefined the term early career researcher, right? Because we sort of we mean we mean it in the sort of earliest early sense. Yeah, yeah, baby yeah. researchers. Baby, yeah, baby we, researchers. Yeah, really, what we mean isn't actually ECLs because I guess. There's actually any... In an ideal world, like, PhDs and... and younger? <laughs> younger doesn't sound right. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever's cool. Whoever's cool that... Is positionally... Is a position. Who is still in the perils of trying to figure out if they're ever going to get a permanent academic position. On that sobering note, we'll <laughs> catch you all next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.